Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, it's October and you know what that means, right? That's a question. Uh, well, it's football season, right? It is, um, yeah. See, I'm trying to think. Is it your birthday? No, no, no. That was a couple months ago. It's uh, it, it's also Halloween season, by the way. Oh, that's so true. You can get your uh, pumpkin spice lattes now. I think those are out for you. No, Chris, it's actually budget season. And our new budget, well, it's not even budget season. Our new budget went into effect October 1st in our new fiscal year. So, I'm sure there's lots of staff out there who are wondering, you know, what is what does this year's budget have in place? Uh, you know, we can talk about the process a little bit and just give a little MDOC budget 101 here. I think this is important for staff to know what's in the budget. So I'm excited to have, I mean, how many times has this person been on the podcast now, Chris? I mean, it's been like 20, 25? Yeah, I, I've lost count. He's probably rivaling the director in terms of appearances. So it's. I mean, at what point does he become the co-host of this thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, but I, I am happy to have on uh, once again our, well, I guess dual role, legislative liaison slash offender success administrator, Kyle Kaminsky. So, Kyle, welcome back to Field Days. We appreciate you coming on. I'm always happy to be here. I think this is kind of an annual event now that I get to come on yeah. and talk about the budget. So I think it just has a standing open door to the podcast whenever he wants in October. I think that's the way this works now, Chris. So, <laughs> no, but I'm glad to have you on because, you know, I'm curious what is in the budget uh, this year. It, it went to effect October 1st when our new fiscal year kicked in. And, you know, along with uh, along with some other perks on October 1st with annual leave, let's talk about the budget and let's talk about the process, Kyle. If you can, just quickly walk us through for maybe those staff who are new or don't understand the budget process, walk us through that process from start to finish and how we got to this point. Sure. So even though we kind of think of the budget being tied to the fiscal year of October 1st, it's really kind of a year-round process. We're either developing a budget, and we have wonderful staff in BOA that spend a lot of time on that in terms of budget development, or we're publicly trying to support and push our budget with the legislature, which is what I'm more involved in, or once it's uh, signed and approved, then we're getting ready to actually implement it. So that process actually starts in the fall, but it starts in the fall prior to the fiscal year that we're seeking funding for. So the budget that took effect this weekend actually started to take shape about this time last year with uh, various parts of the department kind of putting together their plans and their proposals for key investments or areas that needed to see additional funding or a change in funding. And then that rolled out in the early spring where the governor submits her executive recommendation for all agency budgets to the state legislature. And then that kicks off a series of hearings uh, with the state legislature. And so I get to go to those hearings along with kind of subject matter experts from different parts of the department. And we talk about what investments we think the legislature should make or what programs they should continue to support, or in some cases, what programs we think they should, you know, end their support for. And we go through a series of hearings through uh, the spring up till generally around Easter. And then there's kind of a lull uh, before the legislature comes in and we do kind of final negotiations. And so those negotiations usually happen now, kind of in uh, June to July timeframe. And we spend some time negotiating with the legislature. And at that point, the budget is done and it heads to the governor for her signature or her veto pen. Uh, and then we get a few months where we know what the budget's going to be and we can get ready for implementation. And then it all goes live on October 1st. 
Well, that's good. So I, I'm guessing next year's uh, budget is, is in the process of starting already now, right? Yep. So for folks uh, kind of behind the scenes, we're working on kind of stage one. Step one of that is actually due to our internal budget team this week. And then there's some additional steps of different things that we have to put together over the next few months. So we're in kind of the uh, interesting time of the year. We are still closing out the books on FY22. We've just started FY23 uh, in terms of actually being in that budget year. And now we are starting our planning for FY24. So lots going on for the folks yeah. in BOA on the finance side. Yes, there is. And I, I guess we can, we can play a we can play a game here of like in five words or less. Can you sum up, <laughs> you know, our our current budget? Can you sum it up in in a few words of what what, what what's your takeaway from it? I'll do it in one word. And that one okay. word would be investment. So investment would be my word. I think this was a really good budget from the MDOC's perspective. We worked with our legislative partners quite a bit, not just in negotiations, but really trying to lay the groundwork for some key investments. Uh, and as I look at kind of where we ended up, I think this is a budget that's putting money into key areas that are gonna benefit staff, key areas that are gonna benefit our operations, uh, as well as some money that's gonna benefit the people that we work with. So very, very pleased to see that this was a year that I think the department, if you were gonna kind of score us in terms of how we did on the budget, I'd say we scored pretty well this year. Yeah, I was gonna say, certainly you, you put us in, you had a couple of buckets there of where these investments land and, and thought maybe we could start with uh, the investments on staff since primarily those that's who's listening uh, right now. Uh, so maybe if you could start with some of the staff investments, uh, beginning with obviously the, the big one, which most people I think are aware of that they took effect as the fiscal year started on the first, and that would be the uh, the pay raises. And and just overall, I think it's what, like 40 some million dollars in economic adjustments, right, for the budget and, and staff right now? Yep, exactly. So that's actually the single biggest increase in terms of our budget this year is what they call staff economics or employee economics. So it ends up being about $42 million. Uh, actually, the 5% raise ends up being more than that, but there were some savings in some other areas around insurance and whatnot. But so a significant investment to make sure that everybody can uh, receive that extra 5%, you know, in, in the high $40 million range. So that was really exciting to see. That's something that sometimes when we go through the budget process, we kind of breeze right past that because it's something that's assumed, but it's really a historic investment into our employees. Right. And then especially when you look back over the past four years, you know, under the Whitmer administration, we've pay has gone up. I think it's 14 percent overall. So I think that's important. I think sometimes that can get lost if you have a, a percent here, two percent here and then five percent, you know, this year. But when you add it all up, it's it's a pretty big number, especially when you look at you know, our department, especially when we're trying to work on uh, attraction and retention efforts. I mean, that's a pretty big piece, I think. Yeah, it's, it's huge when it comes to uh, retention and attraction. Is it, as you said, uh, when you look at the last few years kind of combined, it's it's really been a significant increase. You know, it's also really relevant for us as a department. We're a staff-intensive department. Uh, that's the nature of being a an agency that runs 365 days a year that has staff working three shifts. Uh, so, you know, over 70% of our cost to operate is in staff. So when we see increases, particularly around things like wages and benefits, that has a really significant impact on our operations, even more so in some ways than some of the other agencies. So, so that's obviously the financial piece. And I, there are some tangible pieces, too, that the staff, especially in the facilities, are going to see, right, and in, including some for, because of some of these investments. Yeah, so we were really excited. Uh, we worked with the legislature when we we're in our kind of final negotiations with them. And one of the ideas that came up was 
to make some targeted investments directly into the staff areas at the prisons. So that might be staff restrooms, it might be staff break rooms, it might be some other areas similar to that. But to really make improvements to those areas, to make it a better environment for staff to work in, you know, and so uh, worked with our legislative partners and they seem very excited about that idea. So we have two and a half million dollars that are dedicated this year to those improvements. That's not going to be enough, obviously, to do to do every project everywhere, but it's a really great start for us. And hopefully we'll be able to kind of continue to build on that, uh, whether it's uh, additional funding from the legislature or other sources uh, internally to continue to make our work environment a better environment for staff at the facilities. We also saw an investment that the legislature supported for our officers uh, in terms of some new officer uniforms. Those are the new shirts that are uh, like a polo shirt instead of the button down uh, that I think are being piloted right now. So the legislature kind of provided their support to us for that. And so we can make that investment in those uniforms as well for our corrections officers. So we're really pleased to see that. So that, that was the, the staff bug. Is there anything else in that in that area that we need to touch on or do we want to move over to the uh, the, the prisoner side? Well, I think there's another couple things I'd like to touch on that are kind of going to benefit staff, but they're also under the heading of technology for me. So one of those is that we're going to roll out body scanners to all the facilities. And I think about five facilities right now have these scanners. So staff of those facilities might be familiar with them. I liken them when when I'm talking to legislators kind of to the being similar to what you might see when you're going through an airport through TSA, but they allow for staff to do scans of prisoners to find contraband uh, that they might otherwise not be able to find. And so the legislature provided us with four and a half million dollars so that we could put one of those into each of our facilities, which is, you know, an investment, I think, into the the safety of our facilities and the safety of our staff. So I think that's a, a great one. We also received funding to install the page alert system in all of our facilities. Some of the facilities will be familiar with that, but that's something that can can be used to notify prisoners who are deaf or hard of hearing of uh, information, emergencies, etc. And while some folks might view that as primarily benefiting prisoners, and it certainly will help the prisoners who need that service, it's also really beneficial to staff because it'll allow us to uh, actually reduce the workload of staff that are working with those prisoners. There won't be as much of a documentation burden because we'll allow technology to do a lot of that work. And then the final thing on the technology front, uh, and this I think kind of benefit staff, but it's also going to benefit the prisoner population, is we saw funding to really take a major step forward as a department in terms of installing secure Wi-Fi into our prison facilities. Uh, And those Wi-Fi networks uh, would support certain prisoner activities like educational, self-help activities, but would also support staff operations inside the facilities. So we initially sought $30 million from the state legislature. Uh, It was our second biggest investment request behind the employee economics that we already talked about. In the end, we received 15 million. So we got about half of what we were seeking, but it's still a really great down payment in terms of the technology we need to really move forward as a department and make it, uh, I think, a better place for staff, particularly uh, as we think about attracting newer staff and in many cases, younger staff, Uh, making sure that we have the technology available so that they feel like they've got what they need to do their jobs effectively. So some great investments in the technology space that I think all of them will ultimately benefit our staff. Are there some other examples of how that technology could be used in the facilities? I've heard some examples of like in in the maintenance area where like having this technology would help them with their workflow. Is that something that's going to be possible now because of this or are we still a ways off on that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's going to be one of those processes where it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think we're going to see some installs starting this year at some of the facilities, and then there'll be some development around hardware. Uh, But the example you raise is one that I've heard come up as well, which is 
I think staff in the facilities know there's a lot of things they do, but they have to be at a computer that has a SOM drop uh, or an SOM connection to complete those tasks. And with this investment and this technology, uh, we opened up the possibility that a lot of those tasks could be done wherever they're at within the facility. So whether that's creating a work order for maintenance staff, potentially ordering parts, I think there could be some benefits longer term for custody staff. We could be moving more activities onto whether it's a tablet or a laptop uh, so that folks can kind of do it wherever they're at in the facility as compared to always having to return back to an office to do some of those tasks. So uh, the hope would be that it'll leave staff feeling like they're better supported from a technology perspective uh, and able to do more things regardless of where they're at. And then I guess also included in, in the staff area, uh, unless you come with one of the other groupings, but but it's again the, the push for and, and having this, the, the funding to, to train and hire another 800 new corrections officers. And, and I know that's something that we've continued to ask. And I believe, is this the first time that we, it's not considered one-time funding, it's just kind of now part of our, our ongoing request and that we're always, that's going to be kind of a state number now? Yeah, so we have worked over the last two fiscal years to really kind of move away from this idea that we should be treating recruitment and training funds for for new corrections officers as a one-time thing. We know structurally that we're going to need to continue to hire. And so, yeah, the legislature has now supported our efforts on that front, uh, made sure that we have enough funding to hire 800 new officers a year. And now it's kind of baked into the bottom line of our budget. While that could still be changed in the future, depending on what our needs are, either up or down, you know, I think it should give us more confidence moving forward that we're going to be able to kind of steadily do what training and recruitment have done over the last couple of years, which is run those quarterly academies. Uh, so that really remains the goal. And we know that the funding's in place to carry that out. One more thing I should mention kind of on that front, it's not technically in our budget because of uh, how some of the state budgets get structured, but there was funding that has been placed into the LEO budget, which is another state agency, and that funding is going to go to the Michigan Community Colleges Association, and they're going to be running a scholarship program for corrections officers, new corrections officers, as well as those that have recently been hired uh, and who are on a waiver for their college credits. And this will be a tuition reimbursement program specific to college credits needed to either gain or maintain employment as a corrections officer. So those are those 15 college credits that folks need to get. So uh, we'll have more details. I'm sure our, you guys will talk about it some on a future podcast as the details get worked out. Uh, but that was one more exciting investment in staff from the perspective of corrections officers and tuition reimbursement. It's not in our budget, but definitely going to impact us in a positive way in this fiscal year. Yeah, you know, and there's there's that's a lot of you know it's a lot of investment into the facilities, which I think is which which is great. You know, we can talk about some of the FOA stuff that's happened over the years. You know, we've got cell phones, we've got vest, we've got firearms we purchased for staff. So there has been quite a bit of investment in FOA over the past few years. So it's nice to see the investment inside the facilities. But let's talk about the people inside the facilities, not the staff, but the prisoners. What what uh, is there anything in the budget that invest in the prisoners, you know, when we talk about offender success and helping people come out better than when, when they went in. Yeah, so I think there's a few things. Uh, the, the first one I'd point to, even though it sort of just ends up being uh, maintaining what we're doing now, I think it's a really significant change. And that's how we fund a lot of our prisoner programming and education activities. So over the years, uh, largely due to the legislature not providing us with sufficient state general funds, we had become reliant on supporting those programs in part from money that was collected from prisoner phone calls. So every time a prisoner placed a phone call to a family member or a friend, uh, they pay a permanent rate. That has had come down quite a bit over the last few years, but it was still at 14 cents a minute 
uh, going into this fiscal year. And part of the reason it cost 14 cents a minute was $11 million a year that was collected from the, the phone calls was actually going to pay for prisoner programming and prisoner education within the MDOC. We worked with the legislature, a uh, number of legislators, to kind of end that uh, approach. And so what we ended up with is we have general fund dollars now supporting programming and education. That has allowed for the prisoner phone call contract to be amended through negotiations. The cost per call now is 8.7 cents per minute, plus there's a free weekly call that's being offered. And so folks might look at that at first and say, well, that's just kind of reducing the cost of phone calls. That's not a bad thing, but you know, what does that really add up to from an offender success perspective? But it really does two things. One, it increases the likelihood that prisoners will be able to stay in touch with their families and their support networks, uh, particularly as they're getting ready to go home because doing so is now more affordable. But two, we've got now got a solid permanent funding structure when it comes to our education and our programming activities. Uh, we're not reliant on, you know, money from an outside contract that might be subject to change. So now we know moving forward that we're in a really solid position when it comes to that. The other thing we were really excited about this year in terms of investments to support offender success is we received two and a half million dollars in a one-time investment for continued vocational village expansion. Uh, so we are working right now. There's a group of folks from kind of BOA, CFA, and Offender Success. We're working together with some outside design professionals, uh, and we're going to be doing an, an expansion at one of our existing vocational village sites. Uh, so that's really exciting because if, if we kind of look over the last few years, uh, going back maybe four or five years, the department has actually been building, but we have not been building housing units. What we've been building is schools and programming spaces. We uh, retrofitted the vocational village at Parnell. We built space at Women's Huron Valley for a vocational village. We had a schoolhouse building at Hanlon, and now we're kind of getting ready to cycle back around to Parnell again with our next uh, investment, thanks to the support of the legislature. Yeah, that's all, you know, that's really important to talk about. You know, when we talk about this budget is, you know, we're, we're, we're providing and teaching people new skills to change their behavior to the positive. So, I mean, that's the whole goal of what we should be striving for. And I think the budget really hits all the high points when we talk about investing in, you know, the clients that we, uh, you know, deal with every day. So I, I, I appreciate that. that. That was a lot of information there, Chris. I don't, you know, I, I'm glad we had Kyle on because I didn't know half the stuff that was in the budget this year. So that's impressive. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, especially on the facility side, you know, staff are excited to have these investments headed their way. And it's good. I, I, you know, you speak to retention and recruitment. I, you know, a lot of the stuff will directly impact that. So let's hope that, uh, you know, we can get uh, more staff inside the facilities and uh, they'll have a, uh, a, a better place to work with the, the investments that, that are that are going in there right now. So uh, good stuff, Kyle. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Chris, you got any other questions? I know you had a lot there. I, I, it was hard for me to jump in. You had so many questions. Well, yeah, it colored me shocked that you didn't know what was in the budget, you know, which hurts my heart a little bit, you know, because my office puts together uh, I said all, all the information it. out there. So, you know, I said all of it, all of it, you know, I, I got the highlights. I, I But that, that's 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 more okay. than uh, right. yeah, I, I was aware well, of. So that's good stuff. Well, Kyle, is, are there any other parts of the, the budget or, or things that are going to affect the department that we didn't go over? No, I think for when, when we look at the fiscal year 23 budget, I think we've covered all the main pieces of it. Uh, one thing I do want to share is I, I get the opportunity to come on the podcast, but the reality is, and talked about a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, this budget process is, is pretty involved and it really takes a team of folks here at the MDOC who do awesome work day in and day out and year in and year out when it comes to this process. And we've built up 
I think, a lot of credibility with the legislature. And a lot of that comes from not just the work that our budget team does, but it comes from the work that our employees do uh, in terms of legislators coming and visiting our facilities or legislators knowing staff from their communities, et cetera. And, you know, it, it feels good we, when we go to negotiate, which is not always the easiest of processes because we don't always agree on everything when we head into the room. The reality is even where we maybe don't agree, there is a really strong recognition right now for all the great work that's happening within the Department of Corrections uh, at, at every single work site. And, and that's a strong recognition from our legislative partners. And so um, that really helps as we go to have those negotiations, that they have that confidence in us, that they're willing to make investments uh, because they know that we are good with the money that they provide us, that we produce results with the money that they provide us. And they also know that we've got ideas that we can do more. And so that's really great. But I just did want to mention that it, it truly is a team effort from top to bottom uh, when it comes to the budget process. And, you know, we, we've enjoyed having a couple months here of it being somewhat quiet, but we'll be getting ready to, to get going again on the FY24 budget before long. So not only does uh, Kyle come on and talk about the budget, but he also does a staff shout out, Chris. So uh, yeah, that's servant leadership right there. Somebody's yeah, been through he's, Chinsky, he's, I think. So that's, that's <laughs> he's just knock, knocking it out of his podcast right now. <laughs> well, Kyle, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on here and explain the process, talk about this year's budget, and and just highlight all the the, the investments that are um, that are in the budget. So thank you much. We appreciate you coming on. Not a problem. I always appreciate the invite. Well, that was good. I think you know. I think. When Kyle comes on, Chris, and talks about the budget, you know, I, I know, <laughs> I know people are always curious about what's in the budget. If they're, you know, good things, bad things, they're always they're always curious what's in the budget. Uh, you know, just like you and I are too every year. So, I, I think, you know, I think Kyle gets he's one of the most popular uh, listened to podcasts. Isn't he? Outside like the director, doesn't he get a pretty good uh, listen right there? I think he's right up there, and I think especially for staff who are wondering like, you know, what's in there for you, or they just don't see it or notice it you know i think it's really important for staff to hear about that and share it with people if they come across someone at work or, or wherever and they say you know oh there's nothing in this budget you know for me they don't invest in staff they don't do this or they don't do that actually there's quite a bit in this year's budget and i think it's really important for people to, to know that and to and to spread that far and wide because this was a really a big lift and kyle like he said uh, the boa team and, and everyone involved in this process did a ton of work negotiating and putting this all together putting these proposals together getting them funded, working with the legislature. Uh, and because of that, a lot of staff are going to see a lot of improvements this year and a lot of investments. So that's really important. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, would you say for the past four or five years, the 14% increase in their pay? Uh, that, that doesn't that doesn't hurt either to you know to get staff. No, and I think uh, and I think if people really think about it, is you know some people you know there are you know there, sometimes there can be some negativity and in, in corrections. Surprise, surprise. But I think it's important to to pull back and look and say you know corrections employees uh, have their pay has gone up 14 percent in the last uh, less than four years. I mean, think of any other business in the country or in the state or in your county and ask them if their pay went up 14 percent in four years. I, I don't think many, if any, would be able to say that. So I think it's, I think it's, it shows how valued our employees are, that we continue to make these investments, continue to raise their pay, you know, continue to provide improved and increased benefits. And I think more, some more news on that is going to be coming in, in the coming weeks. We're yeah. hearing about that so soon. Well, uh, is, that a, is that a teaser there, Gout? Is that what you're doing? Bit, there? A little bit of a teaser, a little yeah. bit of a teaser. Yeah. And so, but no, I think, I think it's just all important. Uh, not only that, but all the tangible things that they're going to see, especially in the facility, like you said, in the past few years, FOA uh, received has an, had a number of things that that they're benefiting from right now. And right now, uh, in this budget, uh, all this year, uh, CFA staff are going to see quite a bit of things. So I think it's it's good all around. 
Yeah, yeah, and you know, we say uh, Kyle gets a lot of listens because he talk about the budget, but I, I, I attribute it to his glowing personality, um, Chris. So I think that's why he gets the listeners that he does when he comes on. So thanks, Kyle. We appreciate you for coming on and doing that. So a couple other things going on right now is, well, one is the employee engagement survey, uh, which kicked off October 3rd. And I think that runs until the 24th of October, if I'm correct. Right, Chris? Yep. You've got till midnight on October 24th to uh, take the survey. So yeah, please, please take it. It, uh, I took it today and it, it did not take very long. It uh, was fairly quick. It's different. It's a different survey this year than, than in past years. It was, uh, I don't know if I, if I have been taking it in a while, but it seemed much quicker and it was very easy to take. So make sure if you have some time to uh, take the survey, please do. Um, it's always important to, you know, have your voice heard. So please take the survey. What, what else? What else is going on, Chris? SECC still? Is that still happening right now? I think it is, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. But before I, I just want to go back to the survey real fast and that, you know, the survey is just so incredibly important. And so I really, really encourage everyone to go and, and take the survey because it, it can lead to real change. It can identify areas where we need to have improvement or we can where we can see some success and we, we need to replicate that or some areas where we need to really address things. And so it is critically important that you fill out that survey. It's, it's, it's really, really important. So I would just really encourage you to do that. Encourage your fellow employees. There's resources online where you can, you know, create, you put your team's background uh, to uh, promote the survey. You can put it in your email signature. You can, you know, make sure you tell your staff if, if you have staff that maybe don't use a computer lock, especially in the facilities. You know, we're always trying to make time so that they can take it. You know, so the just it's really, really important to, to see our numbers uh, increase when we talk about that survey. So again, everything you can, especially if you're a supervisor, making sure that you, you're finding time and encouraging your employees to take it and just everyone else, just please realize that it is really important. And it's a chance for you to tell you know the department what you think about the, the job that, that they're doing, uh, that, you know, that the department as a whole is doing, that the director is doing, that your supervisor is doing, uh, and how you feel uh, about the work that you do. Uh, because you know that's something that we we definitely need to know, and so it's really important. And of course, it's completely anonymous. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's important to remind everybody that it is anonymous. So, yeah, and I and I know SEC is wrapping up. I, I did mention that. Uh, so you know, if you if you are thinking about uh, giving to some uh, some charities, you still have time to do that. Uh, what is that? Yeah, when does yeah. that end? Yep. So you can certainly go on to the HR self-service uh, now. It started back in early September and it runs until October 7th. Uh, so you can sign up for the bi-weekly uh, payroll deduction. So there's a whole bunch of charities on there. You can go. It's super easy. You can just uh, go through, look to see which ones interest you that you want to support. And then you make, do a couple of clicks and you are all set. So I really encourage people to do that. You've got until the end of this week on the 7th to do that. Cool. Good stuff. That's all I got. What do you, anything else you got, Chris? I think that's it. All right. Well, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed our, our budget discussion and uh, uh, we appreciate you listening and stay tuned next week to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOCFOA and the CFA account at MDOCCFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays.